The Bills and Dolphins are set for an AFC East showdown Saturday night in Orchard Park, New York, where weather will have huge implications. During the Week 3 matchup, Miami enjoyed their home field advantage as the Bills wilted in the blistering heat. It is only fitting that this week Buffalo May enjoys theirs, as lake effect snow is expected throughout the game. Everyone loves the snow game, and we are all but guaranteed one. Stick around as we break this one down. This is the Friday Night Forecast. Yeah, it's been a long time coming to rep the East. Buffalo bad with a vengeance. We resurrected the team, man, we dangerous. Watch for these horns, they lacerate and cut. We don't play no game while we play this game. No, I play in us. You know what it's about, you made me want to shout. They said to take it now, we took another route. Deuces to the drought. Play through all the doubters, finger pointing and laughing the Ones that was talking that trash are the same ones circling wagons, we ain't having it. Dominate divisions ever since we put the L in it. Knocks the competition out the stadium like Hammerfist. Stefan digs a grave and he pays respects to the cornerbacks that can't cover quickness, then he catches it. In 1995 to 2020, break the streaks. Kept the faith in every season for the team, cause I believe. Taught me no matter how many times you're down, do not accept defeat. Welcome back, Bills Mafia, to another episode of the Friday Night Forecast on the Cold Front Report. I am your host, Travis Blakesley. Thank you for tuning in. Before we get started, please go ahead and show us some love with all the likes, shares, thumbs up, subscriptions, etc., etc. And remember, you can listen to this show and any other show in podcast form by searching for the Cold Front Report on your favorite audio app. Tonight, as always, joined by my co-host, Cody. How you feeling there? Uh, is that a Christmas tree we got in the background? Yeah, I got a nice little aesthetic going. Is it real? Uh, what's that? Is it real? Yeah, it's real. So this is the first year I got a fake one, and we scoured the Home Depot for the perfect one, and I'm pretty happy. We always did the, the real one, but they're a little costly nowadays. Yeah, they're getting up there. I, I have a guy at work that has a, uh, a Christmas tree yard. So you got I, a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, down in Rockville Center on Long Island. So he was able to bring it right to work for me, throw it right in the back of the truck. So it worked out. But you can't get anything better than that that smell. The whole house smells You're like right. it. I love it. You're right. That That's good. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Miami's going to be smelling those pine needles, but they're certainly going to get a, a taste of the snow. Um, excited about the snow game? Not really? Not so much? Where, where are you falling? You know what? The red jerseys with the white, like the, I know I'm going to use aesthetic twice in, in the start of this. You know, it, it looks nice. I'm not a huge snow game guy. Um, you know, we, we spoke before the show. I think kind of it can be a leveler for kind of lesser teams to stick with, to stick with us. Now, I don't know if that's true for the Dolphins per se, but, you know, I, I don't think we're the best bad weather team there is, you know, and especially with a, with a high volume passing attack. So it's not my favorite. I can't say that it is, but I do like the fact that, you know, we got to go down there and boil in that Miami sun. So the fact that they have to come in and, and, you know, get in the snow, possibly a foot. So, you know, in that, in that sense, it's, it's, it's nice to have a little bit of retribution, but for me, I don't, I can't say that I love it. Yeah. And even, you know, even if, even if you don't like it and I understand all those reasons, especially being a Bills fan, there's always wait, you're always waiting for that other shoe to drop, but it is somewhat poetic where you get the inverse of the, uh, the conditions back in week three. And I think, you know, the NFL at the very least, they love televising these games. I think that, that, um, Indianapolis game was was one of the the highest watched games that entire season. 
um, back in 2017. So it's definitely excited. I'm sure the city's buzzing. Um, and let's just hope they play on Saturday. Um, you know, you always hear the rumblings, game moving. Um, it's interesting because it's, you know, the, the weather hasn't gotten any worse in Buffalo. And uh, there's been a franchise there for 56 or 60 something years. So let's hope they get the game in. It would be nice to uh, watch a nice a game on Saturday night and then enjoy the Sunday. You know, obviously, if we, if the Bills win. Uh, but before we get into the game, why don't we just quickly go over uh, the victory against the Jets? It was uh, one of those games where I think it played into the Jets. Uh, you know, it, it played into their favor, as you'd say, as leveling with with the poor conditions. They're a better run team. Um, they're a gritty team. They they like to win at the at the point of attack, line of scrimmage. But um, you know, a twenty to twelve victory. A lot of ups and downs, but. The Bills, against conventional wisdom, they won a tough game in tough conditions, and they uh, were able to move the ball a bit on the ground and uh, were very op- uh, very stout on defense. Uh, just quick co- quick uh, comments from you on last week's game. Yeah, uh, you know, a victory. A victory is really, you kind of, you know, I said at the end of the last pod that, that we did, uh, you know, just win. And that's literally what they did. There was nothing pretty about it. It was an ugly game, you know, at least as on the offensive side of the game. The defense played lights out. Matt Milano with another huge game. Greg Rousseau, a couple of those guys stepping up. Defense looked great. Um, I have no complaints there other than maybe a couple of third downs where we're still not getting our hands on the ball. But uh, the offense, I, I don't really know where to start there. There's a lot of room to 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 go up, I guess you can say. It, it didn't look pretty. Five straight punts to start the game. It was it was pitiful to watch. The first quarter was awful. It seems as if the Bills can only score when there's under two minutes left in a game, and and I don't know if that's just a matter of want to, or maybe Dorsey or Josh Allen, as far as execution and calling plays, just has a better feel for that part of the game and feels more comfortable when they're under a little bit more pressure. And whatever that is, we need to replicate it going forward for the whole 60 minutes of the game because there was a lot, a lot of meat left on the bone, a lot of plays that just did not work out. And then the 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 very end, three straight um, possessions where we went three and out to end the game that made this game much closer than it should have been. So, you know, a lot of room for improvement, but it's an AFC East match. The Bills win. It's a big game that's four in a row. So at the end, again, it's a victory and on to the next one. Right. And the the Jets, I mean, their defense is legit. Um, I, I think that can't go without saying. Obviously, a lot of has been said about Dorsey. And it's fu- it's funny because prior to, I don't know, say week, uh, prior to the, to the to Green Bay game, everyone's worried about this guy losing we're us losing him to as to a head coaching job and once again um buffalo's favorite goat is always the offensive coordinator and let's put some things in perspective this is a a first time play caller uh relatively young as far as coaching i mean it wasn't too long ago he was in in the league so you got to expect some bumps there and um but more importantly i i think if the Bills execute, you're, you're talking about a total different game. Um, you know, if they were able to put up 30 points, which a drop here, a misread there, a penalty there, 
could easily have been there. Um, been that. I mean, that's what we're expecting for sure. And are we complaining about the offensive coordinator at that time if the Bills are able to put up that those points? For me, you know, everyone, like you said, there's meat on the bone, and I think that goes for coaches and players. But if we could have just shut the game, if, if we could have closed out that game, if Dawson Knox or, or Allen, you know, could have put it a little further out for Knox on that, that dagger play right there, I think I would have been happy because that's all you need. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with a, a back and forth game, you know, not playing your best, but being able to close the door when you need to. And again, we, we may feel like it's a Bills thing. I don't know how often other teams do this, but I sure was sure as hell watched the, uh, the Chiefs let Denver come right back, roaring back after a three interception performance from Mahomes. And, uh, you know, it just seems like this year in the NFL, the product is a little bit, little bit sour. Uh, you're not getting the, the vintage high-scoring games. You're getting these 24-20, these you know, these 80, 1980s uh, scores. So it's interesting. But like you said, the win is the biggest thing, especially this time of year when you're playing guy, uh, teams in your own division. So with that, let's uh, start with our dog versus dog of the week. Let's go. Let's start on top. We'll go with the dog. So the good dog, the dog, <laughs> the dog. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to go with Matt Milano again. He just seems to show up day in and day out, but I'm not, I'm going to go with Dawson Knox for that big touchdown. This was a low scoring game. You know, he stepped up with a few catches, uh, a big touchdown, a big play to get in the end zone. You know, as you touched on that play at the end, was in his hands you got to catch that didn't love the throw but if you have your hands on it catch the ball we're struggling with that but I'm gonna go Dawson Knox for that big touchdown I want him to get ignited we need him uh going forward and in the playoffs to really be a part of this offense we've been missing him why we're not going there more is I'm not quite not quite sure but uh you know here's for for wishful thinking I'm gonna go Dawson Knox that's a great, great call out. I mean, your big touchdown at the end, and just to kind of cap off what you were talking about, it's interesting how the Bills turn it on uh, in the two minute drill. Fantastic, yeah. all all year, fantastic, and could be worse. You got teams who can't perform in those high pressure situations. So, hats off to Dawson Knox. I'm gonna go. Obviously, Matt Milano gets a lot of the credit, but I'm gonna go with Greg Rousseau. I mean, I thought how fitting for him to have a you know, a, a lights out game. I mean, in all phases, you got tip passes, you got strips, strips, sack fumbles and other, you know, big time plays um, being made, really setting the edge, getting after the quarterback, compressing the pocket. I thought he was fantastic. The game after you, you realize that you're losing Von Miller for the rest of the year. Um, it was only fitting. So for that, I'll give him the dog of the week. Now let's move on to the dog. The, the one that you don't pet when you get home. The Doug Marone's dog. Let's, let's put it like that. I'll start. And it's a guy we've uh, given a lot of credit to, to um, a lot of Bills fans. Uh, DeMar Hamlin. He can't be missing five tackles. I mean, yeah, I think he's got like a, a 20%, an over 20% missed tackle on the year. And as, as, as impactful as he has been, um, you, you can't, in those types of games against a, a division opponents, you can't be missing tackles like that. Now, some of them, they're, you know, they're high risk, high rewards. You know, you get guys caught up, you might, but 
when you're a safety and you may be the last last guy, uh, last line of defense, you really can't have that. So, Demar, let's let's make up for it this week. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. And and just to comment even further, you know, you mentioned he had a twenty percent, you know, missed tackle rate. I think if you go through the entirety of the Bills' secondary, um, or maybe the defense in general, they're all up way above where they should be. I don't know what the league average is, but it's probably somewhere around, you know, that nine, ten percent. I think every player on that defense is is probably somewhere between ten and twenty, you know, Hamlin being at the end of that. And, you know, one of the reasons being is you see how hard he comes down. And when he gets a hit on somebody, he he really lays him out. He's a he's a missile shooter, you know, he's a hard hitter. But as you said, you can't you gotta be able to wrap these guys up. You gotta be able to make tackles. Um so Going to my dog of the week, you know, I am going to go uh, Ken Dorsey here. You know, a little outside the box. He's not a player. And I 100% agree with you that many, many, many of the troubles that the Bills are going through right now is execution. Josh Allen has not played particularly well. And I don't know if that's a product of, of an injury. I think it, it's sometimes you hear at the end of the season, they be like, well, there was a tear here and the guy played it through, you know, and, and that's all well and good. And, and I'm not, this isn't me really so much. Well, not also Josh didn't Allen. play well against green Bay second half and all right. of the jets games. So, right. So I, it's been going back a few weeks. His offense looks stagnant. It doesn't look free flowing. And it, a lot it of really misfires. doesn't look as if Josh Allen is not comfortable in this offense right now, which, you know, we're going to elaborate further on Cole Beasley's back. There's a reason for that. But my gripe with Ken Dorsey right now is, one, why do you go away from the run game after you were so successful against New England and then only hand the ball off to Singletary eight times? I think Cook had, what, maybe four carries in the game. You know, it's not working in a passing game, but we're not running the football. And then this consistent if, – if there's a problem with execution with Josh Allen and he's not trusting what he sees, can we maybe – you know, help him, save him from himself a little bit and not call all these breakout routes that take too much time to develop, that you do not have the offensive line to hold up for four seconds. And I don't care if you put Hines or Cook as a safety valve. Obviously, Josh Allen is not trusting that there. And he's still looking to throw the ball down the field. There's got to be some kind of root concepts that we can build in here that Josh Allen is either more comfortable with or that you just have to put it into the game plan and say, this is what we're doing. Now, there's got to be input from the quarterback. He's the most important player on this team. And he's the best player on this team when he's right. Right now, things are not looking all that great. And we need Ken Dorsey to kind of, you know, step up and, and figure this part out. And I agree with you. He's a first-time play caller, which, as far as I know, no first-time offensive coordinators ever won a Super Bowl in their first year. So not to put, you know, any bad juju on this, but he's got to be able to work through this. And there's, there's some things that we need to just get better at. And I did not like this past game. And, I, and, it, and that comes, that's twofold. That's execution, but I thought the play calling and going away from the run and some of the concepts were just not in line with what the Jets allow you to do, which is hit the middle of the field. And we just totally did not do that. Yeah, I think I think what you said is fair. Um, 
I just, I overcome, I I'm swinging the pendulum in the other way because that's all I hear. And you know, offensive yeah. court, if it wasn't him, it was Dayball. I mean, how long were, were fans willing to run Dayball out of town? And now he's a toast of the town and everyone wants him back. So right. of course, of course, you know, when your team is not execute or excuse me, when your team is not performing to the level of expectations that you have, everyone's got to get back to work for sure. And yeah. there are, there are things that you can definitely pinpoint on play calling. I mean, you, you can't force, you can't force uh routes into the middle of the field unless they're called. Right. right. Um, and certain <clears throat> wrinkles I think are missing. You have the style of offense where you line up and you play. And I think 70% of the offense can be like that. But you, you look at teams like San Francisco where a majority, not a, maybe not a majority, but, but a handful of their plays are designed, they're scripted. And I really don't see the diversity and the, the, the plays that set up other plays. Um, and the biggest thing that you mentioned was across the middle. I mean, you don't, you, you hardly ever see that. And again, I I'll full disclosure. I'm not rewatching a lot of these games the way I used to. I just don't really don't have the time. Yeah. But you know, maybe, maybe there are guys running free across the middle of the field. Allen's just maybe a little gun shy with it, but I mean, the, the production isn't there. Um, especially against teams, like you said, who've shown propensities to, 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 to not be able to cover that. And you pay a guy like Dawson Knox, although he's not seeing the money this year, you're expecting him to really step up in production, you know, be able to, you know, you're, you're not expecting a Travis Kelsey out of him, but then again, you're not, you're, you're not, um, you're not kind of taking him out of the offense either. So, yeah, I would like to see Dorsey to, to improve and, and hopefully, uh, you know, learning on the job. It's not always the easiest thing. There's bumps and bruises. Right. And, and, and listen, this isn't, when we do this, it's not a segment where I, I want him gone or, you know, but, you know, we have to hold everybody to a standard. And, you know, whether it's Josh Allen or, or Ken Dorsey or Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, whomever, you know, none of them are above reproach. You know, guys need to do better. You know, you could point out a hundred great things that Brandon B did right, but there might be a couple things that he didn't. The guard to to the Browns, you know, maybe Hodgins, maybe walking away from. There's different things where it. I don't think doesn't mean I don't think he's the best GM in football, but it's okay to call them out on some things. So if 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 you're not executing correctly, and it's been three weeks in a row. Maybe you just try something else a little bit, and I felt like this week was probably a time where we could have done that. And and just to elaborate, you said you know you didn't you didn't rewatch this game. I think we've thrown the middle of the field against the Jets in the two games twice. So, you know, obviously their boundary corners are very good. Um, but you know these clear out routes that Gabe Davis is doing. Now that doesn't mean that these guys can't catch the football. You got to catch the football. So. It all goes hand in hand, it, it you know. But for this week, I did not like it, so I'm I'm looking for a nice bounce back game from from Ken Dorsey this week. And a segue off of a comment that you mentioned made about a minute ago, Brandon Bean, um, and holding him accountable for things that you know that may not have been foreseen, and uh, that goes with with uh, goes hand in hand with Cole Beasley. Uh, we had two guys who we felt could uh, absorb 
those targets, and one of them's got a broken ankle, and the other one's very volatile as far as, far as um, being consistent. And uh, what do you think about bringing back Cole Beasley? I love it. I I absolutely love it. He should have been here from the start. Unfortunately, exterior things going on, you know, kind of pushed him and. Well, not just pushed him. I mean, he had his own part in it. But, uh, you know, I, I love it. I, I think it'll open up the offense. It gives somebody, we talked about Allen and trusting what he sees. You know, Beasley is somebody that he does trust and can play that slot corner, you know, as a true slot and, and not what Isaiah McKenzie does, which is not being able to interpret his own coverage and, and, and go back to being a man beater on, on motion plays. So, I think it's it's a it's it's an aspect of the offense now that we can we can uh, put back into the playbook where that's been missing for the past few months. Jameson Crowder never really got into that role before he broke the ankle, so you know he'll come in, he'll fill that spot, and I think that that pushes other guys into more of their own niche roles. Yeah, I love I love Cole Beasley as a player. I love Cole Beasley as a person. Um, I think Josh Allen. Uh, out of everybody, he's he's the guy that appreciates what he can do. Um, one of the things that has really been missing, and you 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 see it with the disconnect when when a ball sails out and the receiver cuts in or vice versa, is being on the same page on those option routes. I it, maybe you know maybe they've taken that out of the out of the the game plan because they're just not utilizing it in the correct way, being on the same page. So. Having a guy like him who's able to find that soft spot in the zone um, is huge. Now, my only concern is can he still do it? You know, he's up there in age, um, retired, unretired. So it, it's one of those things where I hope, but I'm I, at the same time, you know, he's on the practice squad. Now, we've seen people, John Brown get signed to the practice squad and elevated right away. It'll be interesting to see what happens this week. Um, but I'm just hoping that he can still do it because at, at the very least, a player that plays the game like him is is very integral, intricate to um, Josh Allen being successful. And, and it, unfortunately, it took half a season with Adam to really see it to come yeah. to fruition. I mean, I think that him signing to the practice squad is more semantics than anything else. Right. I think it's, that's you're, kind you're, of... You're, you're hiding, you're burying him there. It's an extra roster spot. Yeah, and it's kind of Brandon Bean saying like, "Hey, you're not. We're not giving you anything. You know, you got to come up here and and show us." Now, as far as does he still have it? I think he absolutely does. The guy still had 82 catches last year. He he's not not on this team because of production, right? You know, there was a lot going on. We all know what it is. We don't need to jump down that rabbit hole. Um, Outside noise and money. I mean, hand in yes. hand, right? The guy can still play. You know, my more concern is not so much does he still have it, is what kind of shape are you in? You know, you saw um, Xavier Rhodes come in off the street and immediately pull that hammy and, and, and miss the next month of the season. So, you know, I do think that he'll be up this week. You know, I don't know how much of a snap count he'll get or, you know, the training, the, the training facility, the facility, the, the guys will, the trainers, I should say, will determine whether or not, you know, you know, what he can give, where, where he's at. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think that really opens up something that we've been missing big time. Agreed, agreed. And for this special event, got my, my Beasley shirt ready to go. Um, 
yeah, so it's exciting. The, the, the band's back together for sure. All right, turn the page. Uh, Dolphins coming in tomorrow. What do you got in the injury report? Seems a lot smaller than it has been as far as designations. I know there's Josh Allen is still on there, but I feel like he'll be on there the rest of the year. But as far as designations go, what do you got? Yeah, if you're looking at the list, there's about 12 guys on there. But designations, we got two guys that are out. That'll be Ryan Bates and Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips, we, we spoke about last week, and I had said, you know, let this guy get healthy. I don't care if he's down for the next three, four weeks. Going into the playoffs, I want that guy healthy. I want that rotation with Ed Oliver and uh, Daquan and those guys. I want them uh, firing on all cylinders. So he'll be out. I have no problem with that, along with Ryan Bates. So looks like we'll see your boy Van Rotten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it. You know, you can go down Mitch Morris, Matt Milano, Reggie Gilliam back, you know, depending on the weather for running the ball. Maybe we do run a little bit more 21. I don't know. Um, but that guy can have, he might be a factor in this game. But that's pretty much it. Everybody's, uh, everybody's back. You know, a couple of those guys, like you mentioned, Josh Allen, Taiwan Jones, they're on there week in, week out. But no, uh, but no designation. So moving on to the Dolphins. Couple guys that are out: Eric Rowe, the safety, and Elijah Campbell. Um, they list him as de- defensive back, but I believe he's actually the the backup to Eric Rowe, um, or at least to the other. You're right. Yeah, to Holland. He's a backup for both of them, I believe. Um, so that they're going to be pretty deep into their rotation there. Maybe a third, a third string safety. Um, so those two guys are out. River Craycraft, he's about their fourth, fifth receiver. He's doubtful. Don't imagine he'll play in this weather. And then a few guys questionable. You got uh, Teddy Bridgewater in the backup. Jeff Wilson, I think he's going to be more of a game-time decision with a hip injury. Yeah, um, it's interesting. He was carted off, and they're expecting him back, huh? Yeah, yeah, and they thought it was going to be bad. I guess it, it seemed at the at the time that it might have been season-ending, but... Apparently, he had a limited practice on Thursday, so we'll see. But, you know, you know how this is. When, you, when, when it's cold temperatures, well, I don't know if the Dolphins know. You're not going to be that n- nice, loose, uh, you know, feeling active Miami weather. He's going to be stiffening up, so I'm curious to see what he does. And then uh, another big one, Taron Armstead. Uh, he was limited on Thursday. He's questionable. I imagine he'll play. He seems like... Every week he's he's questionable, so he's got a whole slew of things going on between the toe, the pec, a knee. I believe he needs surgery on the toe come the off season. He, so he's got a ton of injuries, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's fighting, and he didn't look too good last week. So you know, might be able to take advantage there of you know where normally he's a very good player. But again, this weather might have a factor if you have a big toe injury. And you go into that kick slide. I don't know. That foot slides out. You're going to be into some pain. Right. Um, especially when you're dealing with multiple injuries like he is. And um, AJ Epinesa has been a guy who's – is Austin Jackson is gone for the year, right? Yes, the right tackle is yeah. gone for the year. Okay. I think that's a guy who AJ Epinesa has owned since college. Um, so some some fresh blood in there. and. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, Brandon Shell at right tackle. Okay. Well, needless to say, um, 
you still play the game, right? So uh, why don't we get into the X's and O's? Uh, you got a familiar team that we see multiple times a year, obviously. And uh, last year, or uh, excuse me, last last game, it was it was an interesting game where the Bills held the ball for uh, two thirds of the game and came up a couple points short. Um, looking on hindsight, it's like you know you you want to win the 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 time of possession but it was almost a curse last week uh this week it may be a little bit different um i'm i'm expecting a similar scoring uh number you know you, you, you the week three i think people were expecting a a, a boat race but uh it, it didn't turn into that but let's start with the bills offense versus this miami defense um it's kind of been a tale of two teams, Miami, uh, defensively, where at home they're they're pretty dominant, not giving up a lot of points, very disruptive, and then on the road it kind of it, it kind of turns the other way. <clears throat> they got a lot of big names. Uh, Wilkins is grabbing butts, but he's uh, he's certainly dominating games. I mean, last last week especially, he was pretty much unblockable. Quickness, speed. He's always 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 downfield on those big plays where making tackles on the sideline it's unbelievable and then you got a guy like Jalen Phillips who's kind of, who's really uh stepping up into that draft spot that he uh was selected in um and it, it it's kind of it's nice to see him and Greg Rousseau really kind of on the same trajectory although they play a little differently but again like we said in that first uh meeting they have a lot of guys and they're able to rotate it a lot like the Bills do um you got Baker at the second level, who's always been a sideline to sideline uh, linebacker, and um, you know Howard, great great player. Uh, he just kind of had a little bit of a down year. Um, so uh, the, the the ghost of Byron Jones is is still there. You know, not not playing once again. So you you definitely have opportunities, and and the Bills were able to exploit them in the yards department, but weren't able to really. Um, they weren't able to really level in in the red zone area and and score points and you know whether it was a drop Gabe Davis you you skipped that ball to uh, Isaiah McKenzie I think um, execution is definitely something obviously it's been a theme but that's something that that needs to be had against this defense and um, we'll see with the run game I mean we didn't see much of it last time we we matched up but uh, it's it certainly is a little bit of a different team yeah. Um... You know, the one thing when the Bills played them the first time that Josh Allen did utilize was the, the check down. You know, the, the Dolphins do a lot of zero blitz. They show pressure all the time. You know, they try to disguise who's coming, who's going. But, you know, Josh Allen the last time wasn't afraid to hit those guys leaking out of the backfield. So going forward, you know, something that, you know, I just harped on that they haven't been been, been doing, they really need to do this week. So... You know, you do have a safety out. So, you know, there's a possibility for, for some, you know, big plays down the field there. As you said, Byron Jones hasn't played all year, and, and Xavier Howard is, is a top cornerback. But, you know, he was big with the, with the interceptions. Interce- interceptions come in waves, you know. So if they're down, then people think that you're having a down year. But sometimes it just is what it is. He's a good player, um, and Javon Holland's a very good player. So... And then we didn't even speak about they added Bradley Chubb. Yeah, and Melvin Ingram I didn't mention either. Yeah, you know, going you know down Bradley there. Chubb, they handed a huge contract to, which, I mean, he hasn't shown it yet. I don't know if he showed it with the Broncos. The Broncos weren't going to do it. The Dolphins 
did do it. I think the Dolphins are actually kind of trying to take a uh, the Bills playbook. Oh, you know they they go get their they get their um their franchise quarterback. They go and make a big trade for a number one wide receiver. They get a left tackle, and then the Bills got Von Miller. They go get Bradley Chubb. They're just taking the blueprint right from us, which is fine. But you know, they're just the poor man's version. I think. But, well, and also, <laughs> I, I think structurally, contract wise, I, I'm not. I'm I'm a little concerned with. Well, not it's good for the Bills, but for Miami, I don't know how they're going to be able to uh, to balance that. Yeah, then I don't care. <laughs> you know, good. I hope I hope they don't. But uh, I mean, that that contract seems a little excessive for the production that he's put up. But you know, that remains to be seen. You know, but they get after the quarterback. You already mentioned Christian Wilkins is an absolute stud. The Chargers, you know, you spoke about it already. The Chargers could not block that man. You know, I watched the first half, I think, before I went to bed, and he jumps off the tape. You know, he was wrecking that game. So, and and we know what happened here, uh, you know, against the Bills. You said he grabbed Josh Allen's butt. I don't know if that's what he grabbed, but, you know. Well, I was referring to his college game <laughs> oh, tape okay. where he literally just stuck his hand in the guy's crack. <laughs> yeah, and he, well, he, and he went after something on on, uh, on our boy JA17 right, as right. well. So, you know, we kind of the know what kind of. Yeah, but we know the kind of player he is, but it doesn't take away that he can be a game changer. Um, so he needs to be accounted for. The one thing that we didn't have, more than the one thing, we didn't have our entire secondary the first time, but we didn't have Mitch Morse. And Mitch Morse was, was, did not play in that game and was a huge loss. So this time versus that time, you know, he's going to, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much he moves around between, you know, I know he plays D end on their three man system, but does he jump side to side? Wilkins? I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to figure it out. The communication on the Bills' old line is going to be have to, you know, be on top of its game because I don't want Van Roten, you know, straight up on Christian Wilkins. He will eat his lunch. Um, so, I think the key for the Bills really is one, protecting the football, especially with the weather. It was probably the difference playing the Jets. They turned it over twice. We did not. We win the game. Um, similar type thing this week. But get the ball out quickly. Don't be afraid to hit those checkdowns and, uh, and limit the mistakes. I think you brought up a great point about the offensive line. Um, I mean, we were down to we were down about to nobody. I mean, even I wrote and went down, right? Was he playing center that, that game or was yes. it Man, Greg man? They went down and then oh, you had, no. um, who was it at guard with the Torres ACL playing on a torn ACL during the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, they, they, they were hurting on the offensive line, just, just even by a number standpoint. So it's good to get your, uh, your, your, your leader of the offensive line there. The guy who's making all the calls and the switches and whatnot. Um, that'll be huge. That was definitely something that I overlooked, but, uh, Flipping, flipping the script to the uh, other side of the ball, um, you got you have a a I don't want to say declining. Well, yeah, I mean a declining Tua the last couple weeks. You know he's under fifty percent uh, completions where he was he was leading in those types of categories. Um, we've seen their wide receivers and their skill position players not be able to separate against the Chargers or really be, you know, they were thrown off their routes. And then you saw 
the uh, 49ers take away the middle of the field um, the week prior playing a lot of zone, but really just flood in the middle. So you, you saw two ways that you can get to a, uh, under to a skin. And I think the, the carryover between the two is when you, when you get him off of his platform or you make him, um, you make him kind of go off script when, when things start to break down, when your first or second read's not there and he's forced to improv, that's where two is just below average. He's, he's very bad um, when he's not getting the ball out. I think he's got the biggest discrepancy um, as far as when he's getting the ball out on time, which I think he's like a top five. Um, it's like two and a half seconds below, below that um, or, or below that. And then when he holds onto the ball, Longer than two and a half seconds, he's the worst quarterback in the league. So stark contrast there. I know it's easy to say um, to get him to hold the ball because he clearly wants to get it out of his hand. The offense is designed to do that. But when you're talking weather and then talking disruption um, via our defensive line going against a banged-up offensive line, I think you, you, you leave the door open for – um, vintage Tua, as I like to call it, you know, the, the week 17 Tua uh, uh, of years past. So, you know, however you want to play it, I know the Bills did a lot of man coverage uh, or at least bump coverage um, during that week three matchup. Um, we were down a ton of our entire secondary, basically. And uh, now you got a Trey White back who is very familiar with uh, Tyreek Hill. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll see who's who's going to line up on the other side of him. But I think the the Bills are coming in, although they don't have Von Miller, they're coming in a little bit healthier than they did during that Week Three matchup. Well, they're coming in a lot healthier, as you just touched. They didn't have their entire secondary outside of Taron Johnson was the only starter there. And and as you said, uh, Tua is predicated completely on rhythm and timing. You know, we said last week that Mike White, you know, he's going to hit the bottom of his drop and get the ball out. Same thing with Tua. You know, he, he, if you force him to get to the bottom of his progression, he's going to have issues. Now, what the Chargers did was totally different than the 49ers, as you alluded to. You know, the Chargers couldn't get to Tua, so they got to the receivers, and that's how they disrupted timing. And, and Tua likes to hit the middle of the field. You know, Fred Warner for the 49ers is nobody better, you know. There's nobody better in that position that can get, you know, drop back into coverage. But we got a pretty good one over here in Buffalo. You know, with a lot of length and uh, a lot of speed, and he's going to be huge in this game. That He's my key to this defense is, is Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of the field, um, really blocking up those passing lanes. Tua's not a big guy, so again, get those hands up. They're going to want to get the ball out early, so you may not be able to get there, and really clog the middle of the field. I believe you said it, I'm not sure, but the, the Chargers and the 49ers, they both forced Tua to throw outside the numbers where you know, he probably doesn't have the same success rate. I'd, I'd love to know what his completion percentage is, you know, com- comparatively between inside and outside, but he doesn't have elite arm strength. And here he is coming into Buffalo when you have 15 to 20 mile an hour sustained winds. So it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feed into what Miami does like to do. You know, I think they're, they're going to have to be, run the football. I don't care what McDaniel says about, they're not going to change anything, and they don't take the weather into consideration. It's the stupidest thing I've heard. Um, you have to. They're going to have to try to run the football. Now, Jeff Wilson, Jeff, is that, that's the name, right? Yes. 
Um, he might not be healthy, but Raheem Mostert, you know, they're going to have to do do something there because I don't think that they're going to be able to run their their everyday offense, I should say. Yeah, it's interesting that the run game coordinator, who now is the Dolphins' head coach, you know, he's the in San Francisco. That's that was the position he held. Just refuse, you know. And it's not even that they can't; it's just they re- refuse to. I mean, it's a lot like Buffalo to you know 2020, 2021, and it's interesting now with. With the complaints we have with the Bills' offense, they're running the ball. They're 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 getting over 100 yards every game, and I know stats are skewed because Josh Allen's a runner. But still, I mean, it's like it's the same argument when uh, you say, "Well, well, they shut down Travis Henry except for that 88-yard run." Well, you know, it still counts for something. And regardless of the numbers, I I I think we both can agree that the the run game has markedly improved this year. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe due to uh, the offensive coordinators or just the personnel. But I think the Bills are, per- in my personal opinion, I think they're, although I know you're not happy with the way they've played in the cold weather, I, I don't think any, t- you ask any fan out here or any fan of the NFL, all 32 teams, I don't think any fan is really going to be like, yeah, my team plays good in the snow. I, I don't think there are many teams out there or, or fans out there that would, uh, you know, hang their hat on that. No, I probably not, but it, you know, the, I just feel like, you know, we, we might be running the ball better this year, but like last week, you know, I know we're the only team that has over a hundred yards every single week this year, but Josh Allen's got 50 yards on it. You hand the ball off 12 times. It's just not, it's not an equal thing. I'm looking for more of a 60, 40, you know? So I just feel like, would you rather have, like a you know like a a Nick Chubb or uh, a Travis Henry a Travis Travis Henry. Oh, no, I would take a Travis Henry. Yeah, I'll take a Travis. Sure. Yeah, bring him. In. God, I don't even know. You might be in jail or something. I think you ran to some crap. Um, the point being is, you know, do, who do I think the weather uh, favors more? I would say Buffalo. Listen, this is they live in Buffalo. They're used to it. This is not going to be a, any kind of cultural shock. You know, you have a big, strong arm quarterback with a big right. hand that can cut the wind. You know, I just feel like we're not naturally a running team. I think we can all agree with that. So mm-hmm. I don't think it, it, it favors that much into the scheme, you know, so much. Now, the quarterback positions is a big, drastic difference. Right. So well, well, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I feel like as reports go, more, more of the snow is going to happen before than during and after. So it may not play as as you know, the the wind may be the thing that, that uh, affects the game the most. And that I think we all can agree that that's not going to help Tua at all. He can, no, he can, I'm, <laughs> he I'm more use... for the wind than the snow. Right, right. And, and like you said, big arm quarterback, although it's not like he plays better in the wind, but he's a guy that can at least do it if you, if you, uh, you know, ask it of him. He was still trying to throw the ball to Diggs when it was fifty mile an hour winds. So right, right. just imagine what 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 Tua with those lollipop throws that he puts over the top. They're right. just gonna sail. So they, well, they're either gonna sail or they're just gonna die. You know those deep passes, and they're gonna end up underthrown. And that's when you make plays on the ball. The, the Bills. The one thing that that we haven't mentioned is they're in a little bit of a drill, uh, dry spell as far as uh, interceptions the last mm. quarter of the season. So. 
you know, maybe we can uh, get get it to go in our favor, whether it's on the ground or uh, through, through through the air. Um, they come in waves, so yeah, yeah. Let 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 the wave begin. Um, yeah, tsunami time. Right. All right. Uh, let's get to our three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. He who answers the five questions. Three questions. Three questions. Play cross in safety. What if you get a question wrong? Then you are cast into the gorge of eternal peril. Oh, wacko. Who's going to answer the questions? All right. Question number one. And we, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but will the scapegoat always be the OC when the offense is underperforms? Is it warranted? I think a lot of the times when you have a franchise quarterback that is as loved as Josh Allen, then, you know, people are a little bit more, you know, hesitant to criticize him rather than the OC. You know, I think, again, <clears throat> and I've said in previous shows, I don't like going after the coaching staff. They're not the ones on the field. You know, the guys have to run the play and, and, and do it the right way. And I think a lot of the time, execution, probably 75% of the time, it's execution. 25% of the time, it'd be coaching. But there's things, and I'm not going to jump all the way back into what I already spoke about, but there's things that he can do better to help his players that might be struggling in certain areas. And that's more of what my where my critique was coming from. So is it warranted? I think in circumstances it is warranted, you know, and, and most of the time it's probably not. I agree. Unless your offensive coordinator's name is Turk Schonert. And then yes, you can certainly blame the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Or the, what's his face. That's coaching the Broncos now that we had up here. Yeah. Um, well, he's not even play, calling plays anymore, uh, which is interesting. Um, question number two, I, I pulled an audible here, so I'll catch you off guard here. Um, what side of the ball benefits most from the snow? Uh, I think the defense benefits more. Now, that could be twofold because at least the offense knows where the ball is supposed to be going. Right. Players know where they're supposed to be going. But the defense can't fumble the ball. You know, I think that the offenses on both sides will be, you know, really trying to do their best to hang on to the ball, a wet football. I think the defense gets a little bit of an edge there, trying to punch it out. Uh, I, I'm just going to say the defense because I went with it. I don't know if I believe it. I, I believe I believe you, and I believe it. Um, okay. You're right. The, the offense knows where they're going, but like you said, if you're putting the ball in the air – um, or you're, you're even just holding the ball, you're, you're at a higher, you know, that's high, high, highly volatile, you know, to, a turnover is almost guaranteed to, uh, to, to hurt you where, or, you know, a, a, a turnover worthy play is probably more, more likely to hurt you than a defender who may trip or stumble or, or lag behind a receiver who's never, who's not even, you know, the quarterback may not even be looking at him. So I think in the grand scheme of things, um, the defense does have that um, advantage. And then you just think of, uh, you know, basically making your opponent quit. You're, 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 you're devoiding them of, of the will to, to continue to line up against someone. I think the defense, when the weather, whether it's rain or snow, I think 
if they harness that and they use that to their advantage, they're definitely, um, you know, it can snowball, uh, pardon the pun, um, for the defense. So um, I agree. I agree with you. All right. Question number three. What is more important to you, the home field advantage throughout the playoffs or a first-round bye? I really want that first-round bye. There's just mm. some some uh, injuries here, especially Josh Allen, whatever he's dealing with. You know, I already spoke about Jordan Phillips. I think that that would go a long way in, in uh, healing some of these bumps and bruises that these guys have. Um you know, the opposite side of that is you have that little mini buy against the Jets that came out. They looked like absolute dog shit um, offensively. So that's what you don't want. But, you know, I don't have Sean McDermott's, you know, win-loss after a buy. But I'm, I remember it's, it's, it being... It's high, but it's they're not, like I brought up before, they're not, they're ugly wins. They're ugly wins, but they're I'll okay. take an ugly win over a right. loss in the playoffs for sure. Um but then again, you know, we spoke about it. Teams aren't going to want to come in here and, and deal with this weather, unless you know if it if it's a a Baltimore. Or... Right. That's that's what I was thinking. It's like you know you got a Kansas City, uh, you got a Baltimore, um, even like when the Steelers, like most of those dominant teams, and they may not be the dominant as as dominant as they were. They know how to play in the, in 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 that weather. Yeah. But if you get a dome team or a southern team. Then you know it, it does have it does warrant it, but at, at the end of the day, they they get paid to play, right? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, if, if you're getting the first round by, that means you're the number one seed. I want that. If we get to the AFC Championship game, which I think we will, and we're playing Kansas City again, I want that game in Buffalo. I want that game in Buffalo. Um, yeah, luckily we don't have to choose, right? You get you you either right. get them or or you don't. Um, but I do. I mean, the first round by. I mean, you're playing one less game. That is one one less game for somebody to to hurt themselves and then or lose. Less, <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the ultimate thing. So yeah. it's like you know to, to play two and to get to the dance is. I mean, I'm taking that all day. And the Bills are are have been a great road team under Sean McDermott. I don't. You know, it's like you don't really see. You don't see a drop off there. They're not. They're not a, a team that relies on it. So, yeah, you know, I'm right there with you. All right. Well, that wraps up the uh, three questions. Let's uh, let's kick it over to you for a score prediction and any last words. Uh, my score prediction this week: the Dolphins seem to be in a little bit of a sputter, and the weather isn't playing into what they like to do. I don't think they top 20 points this week, so I'm going to put them at 17. Dolphins 17, Buffalo 24. I'm going to go Bills 27, Dolphins 13. Um, and even the 13 is, again, if it's snowing, uh, Sanders... Had, has had a great career, not not too good in the last two years. Um, not really, uh, I forget where he went to college, but the, I think in New Mexico or something like that. And anyway, I don't, I don't, I'm not foreseeing a ton of points by, by both teams. Um, and I think, I think the Bills are, I, I think it'll be one of those games where it's close in the beginning and then, uh, the Bills end up getting a break and they, they let, uh, momentum on their side and, I think the Dolphins will end up uh, conceding victory uh, later on in the fourth quarter. So uh, 
that's that's that. And uh, I think I think with that, the Bills have all but I mean they'll they'll they're guaranteed a playoff spot if they win, and they've all but wrapped up the AFC East. Um, if they do defeat uh, Miami, they'll be they'll be three games ahead with a or four games ahead, right? They're three games now, eight and five. No, it's two no, games two. now. So they're so they're three three full games ahead and with then, three games to go if they win. Right, and their divisional record is better as it is now. So I think even with they'll they'll have the tiebreaker. Um, going into it anyway. So yeah. it definitely, uh, both teams have a lot to play for, but I think you're right. Miami, it's, it's kind of do or die for them. You know, if, if the bills win, I, I think you're right. I think they, they, that they win the AFC East and they probably lock themselves into at least the three seed at the absolute worst with the Titans kind of falling back and, and the Ravens with, uh, and they've beaten all the right teams that are, yeah, they've beaten all the right them. teams. You know, the Chiefs have an, an easy schedule going forward. I don't see them slipping up too much. Um, but just just concentrate on this one game. It's a huge game for both teams. As I mentioned, the Dolphins need this game. They are falling. They are at risk of losing the playoffs or, or missing the playoffs, excuse me, if they lose this game, which I think they're going to. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, they're better than what I thought they'd be this this year. But, um, yeah, they're really at risk at really just falling short. I, you know, I saw a couple of Twitter explosions where their fans are really starting to lose it. And this game, you have a chance to really end it for them. They've gotten, and, they've gotten quieter as the week's gone on. <laughs> and I just want to hear about how they're not healthy or some other crap after they, they lose this game. It's just going to be laughable after what we went through down there in Miami. So... Yeah, and let's end the Dolphins' season and really set ourselves up for success in the next few weeks. And with that, thank you for joining us for the Friday Night Forecast. We'll see you next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm Josh. Okay, okay, okay. You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh. Josh. Yeah. Josh Allen.